Hey, welcome to Creative Reset, the podcast that explores... Oh, wait, hold on. Welcome to the first episode of Creative Reset. Creative expression is important, even if that expression doesn't have a very big audience. Sometimes, due to outside pressures, such as jobs, friends, other hobbies, we lose a little of that drive. Creative Reset will discuss creativity, what inhibits or prohibits us from doing those things we'd like to do, and how to reset our creative selves. So I'm talking with Carmen. Here's the thing. Now, I have, you know, I, I have your name, you know, written one way here and one way there. Tell, tell us your name. Carmen Joyce. That's what you want? Okay. That's yeah, I mean, my, my, my art, I go by Carmen K. Art, but my name is Carmen Joyce. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's where I was confused. All right. But like, you know, if people want to find, if people want to find your art, they go yeah. to Carmen K. Carmen K with a C. With a C, C A Y. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. So you are probably the most diverse artist I know. You do everything and you do everything so well, it's ridiculous. And you're originally from Florida and now you're in Tennessee. And uh, how's, how has that changed the way, you know, what you do? So in Jacksonville, Florida, I found myself doing a lot of abstract art. And I didn't grow up, I mean, well, I didn't get a degree in art. So I kind of feel like everything that I've done since I started really focusing on art has been just an exploration with materials. So I've worked with tea bags, um, worked with oils, with pastels, with acrylics, uh, I've done photography. And I came to Tennessee, I've been here, it'll be two years in June. And about a month after I moved, I started working with cyanotype. It's a type of alternative process. I'm turning my phone off. Um, it's a type of photography and it's an alternative process. So yeah, trying to figure out how to merge what I did in Jacksonville and kind of what, um, the root of what I love, which is abstract with cyanotypes um, has been interesting. But yeah, the change of climate and change of uh, scenery, I think in Tennessee just really opened up my eyes to being able to explore those things in a different way. Yeah, because you're in a way more rural atmosphere now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much smaller. I went from a city of almost a million people, it might be a million people now, to a city of probably 300,000. Mm -hmm. so, but even like, even like, are you on the edge of the city somehow? Like where, because you, you spend a lot of time in the woods. I do spend a lot of time. So there's a lot of woods, you know, we're in the foothills of the Appalachian. So there are a lot of woods. And Every, like any way I drive 25 ish minutes, I'm in, I can be in the woods. So okay. it's pretty awesome. So Chattanooga is like a bowl. If you haven't ever been, I just describe it as like a bowl. And this side is a ridge um, that's called Signal Mountain, has some towns here called Walden, different places, but down here is kind of Chattanooga. And then back up here is Lookout Mountain. So this is all of Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And when you're driving um, into Chattanooga on the highway, a lot of people may have done that before. Um, you just kind of see the whole city because you can look down from it and you can just go past it. You don't have to go into the city. So that's kind of the space. So I live kind of on the rim of it. Kind of. Okay. Are you on the other side? Because you were, you, you, you used to spend a lot of time on Signal Mountain, was Signal it? Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. So when we moved here, we rented in Signal Mountain. So technically we rented in Walden, but Walden doesn't have a post office. So we had to use- Does it have a pond though? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, there's 
there are a bunch of hillbillies. I'm sure someone made a pond. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's pretty, that's pretty rural. And it's on yeah. the other side of Signal Mountain. Signal Mountain is more um, suburban and yeah, so I had to escape that, but um, it was nice and I'm glad that I had the experience and the people are really friendly here. It's way different than Florida, I feel like. That's good. And you've been, and you just, you just moved into your house and you've been mm -hmm. doing, and you've been redoing everything. Yes. Every single room you've been redoing. Yeah, basically. Which is a, which is a creative project in itself. Like, how does that differ from what you do? Oh, you're right, it is. Um, I think it just adds stress. I don't know if, I mean, probably people listening have purchased an older home. Ours is built in 1935. And so all the things that come along with that. Um, but in the, it was like a dark grayish, gross, no green, like a green here. It was kind of like the, like the grossest green. This doesn't even look gross, but trust me, it's a gross, it was a gross green, like an olive, like if you went to someone's family, someone, someone's Greek family diner in maybe 1983, um, and it had never been painted. It was like that sort of olive green. And it just like compressed onto my soul. So it's now natural white is the name of the color and it's amazing and it's bright and I love it. And it feels so much better. So. Okay. So it's been hard. It's been and it's been a difficult adjustment. Yeah. So I mean, do you do you treat do you treat it as as a like a separate creative project, or do you or does it just feel more like work? I think it's a creative project. Okay. Yeah. I I kind of yeah I look at it as that, and mm -hmm. I try not to get overwhelmed because it can be overwhelming to think of all the normal things I'm doing, but add on top of it a whole house so all right let's talk let's talk about let's talk about your art let's talk about what okay. you do and, and and all that sort of thing so i've got your web page open and i'm i'm looking at uh i'm on the about page so tell me tell me about you got your self-portrait on there tell, tell me about the self-portrait with the cyanotype mm -hmm. i might have it if you want me to no I'm, I'm looking at it now it's beside me i mean do you want me to hold it up in the frame you can hold it up in the frame. I have to. No, that's fine. That's right. fine. So I'll tell you about it, actually. Okay. Um, okay. Stand by. I did it when. Oh, you know what I can do? Hold on. Hold on. Watch this. Okay. Oh, that looks cool. That's. I mean, it's more vibrant than. This is one of the only. Yeah. So okay. It's obviously I have to iron it, but mm -hmm. this is basically the piece. What's it on? It's on cotton. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is cyanotype, by the way, and it's um, the chemicals are like ammonia. Ammonia. I always I can't say it. <laughs> I can show you. Or ammonium is something I think you take if uh, you're it's little. Not <laughs> I want to say ammonia. It's ammonia something. Um, I should know, but anyway, there are two chemicals. They're mixed together to create the. Ammonium hydrogen peroxide by any chance? Ammonium something. Yeah, it's not hydrogen peroxide though. So it's not elements such as ammonium, ammonia, hydrogen peroxide to right. bubbles and paprika. Can you grab? So that's stuff I use. Uh huh. Can you grab the two cyanotypes that are in the closet where the cyanotype is? Because you know what I'll I can. I'll tell you officially what they are, um, what the chemicals are. But this piece. I did, um, when I was going through a lot of anxiety and ended up with having panic attacks. And that was four or five months after we moved in to this new place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. So, all right. So you were, you were an established artist. I mean, you yeah. were, you would go to shows and things like that in Jacksonville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Oh, okay. Ferric wow. ammonium citrate. Okay. Okay. And the chemicals are um, really chemical-y. So it's like this yellowy, it's very, it's like they got kind of have a strong smell mm -hmm. um, when they're separate. When they're together, it's not so bad. And then this is 
Can you read that? Yeah. Yeah, and the this one is really pretty. Oh, that. very nice. Yeah, so these are what I mix together. And when you mix them together, you have to wait 24 hours for them before you use them. But mm -hmm. that's what makes the cyan blue. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Because yeah. neither of those are blue, but right. It's great. <laughs> they come out that way. All mm -hmm. right. So yeah. So tell me, okay, so you were you were in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I met you uh, a long, long time ago, mm -hmm. you were mostly you were mostly just doing photography at that time, yes. You were doing other things, but it seemed like your main focus was photography. Yeah, it was. I was doing uh, family portraits and individual portraits. I was doing weddings. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you still do any of that? No. Um, when I was doing that, I, and I started I Still Matter, which is a nonprofit um, that you know about, but I can talk about it if you want. Yeah, I think we should, yeah. Yeah, so when my father died in 2011, I went through a depression and had a lot of anxiety. Lots of bad things happened, like um, homelessness. I was started working on a PhD and then I found out that my student loan, one of them was in, um, what's it called? Forbearance? No, for, I can't think of the word. Also, also, I have ADHD, so I can't, my brain goes on pause sometimes. So that's just how, how it is. Um, Anyway, my, one of my loans was going to another address and I never received that information. I never knew there was anything wrong until I started the PhD. Why they let, in me, let me start the program before they found all that out, I don't know, but that's what happened. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I found out, you know, I couldn't finish with school. I had to move because I got laid off from my teaching job. So lots of things happened at one time. And so I just had a lot of anxiety, went through depression, um, didn't have insurance because I was looking for work and ended up starting just a small group. I knew you know, quite a few people in Jacksonville. So I started meeting at this coffee shop where I knew the owner, it was a huge bookstore. And well, I knew the manager, I knew both, but the manager was like, do what you want. So I said, all right, I'm gonna have a group here. So we started meeting, um, just drawing and I would bring materials with me. And I, at that point, I wasn't, I wouldn't have called myself an artist because um, photographers probably don't say they're artists, <laughs> um, right? I mean, I've I mean, I've seen your photography I, you know, and I think it is art. I thought you, you, you know, it was amazing. Uh, yeah. You took, I mean, here's the thing, you know, when it came to your photography anyway, you would take something like a wedding mm -hmm. and you seem to be able to, through your photography, see the wedding in a way, weddings in a way that I'd never saw them before. Um, so you had, a, there was a creativeness to that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most, I think, you know, you look at wedding photography and it all seems to be the same, like the same tropes and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. over and over again. And it's not what you did. You know, you, you saw it differently. And I thought, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a level of creativity that I've never seen when it came to anybody else's um, wedding photography. So. Well, I really, I appreciate that, but that also made me feel really insecure about it because I, my work did look different. And so I was like, no, I'm supposed to look like everyone else, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I even turned down, I had a friend who asked me to, to shoot her wedding. And I was like, well, if you could get a second shooter. And she was like, no, I like your style. And she's the kind of person that like you probably loved the, the images that I was taking because she's a real creative person. But anyway, I ended up not doing it. I felt bad, but yeah. So at that point I, could call myself a photographer but when I started groups I realized we can't do photography every group so I needed to figure out things that I could do at a table with a group of people so I just started exploring um, different art I started coloring and then I started making the coloring pages I started drawing black and white tiny 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 things um, very intricate very detailed um, another thing that comes along with ADHD is hyperfocus. So I could work on those for hours and hours. And it was, it was just a really nice feeling to be able to kind of space out and have something creative at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, so that's kind of what started me down the path of um, being an artist and not just a photographer, even though I now I have a different view of it. I definitely think um, photography is art. But at the time, like I said, I mean, I, I think people who are creatives probably understand the difficulty of calling yourself an artist. I mean, that's, you know, part of... Um, and that's, I mean, here, that's, I mean, that's what I want to do here, right? right because that's what you're doing, yeah. Because so many people either have a creative outlet that they don't see as, as, as art or as being creative. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's an audience of just one or an audience of, you know, thousands that are looking at what you're, you know, what you're producing, I think, I think there's value in it for, you know, for the creator and, you know, and I hope that, you know, that, uh, you know, I want to encourage people to share that, you know, share that with other people and, you know, and, and not worry about what people's reactions to it. Like your, your reaction, you're, wor you were worried about the way people would react to your photography, for example, right? Yeah. I mean, I was doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I know, I know exactly what you're saying. And um, The Artist's Way, I don't know if, if you've heard of that book by Julia Cameron, but it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful way to realize what you're saying, realize, you know, our creativity. And I love how she talks about people who are working behind the scenes in a movie theater, but they're the ones that should be on stage, but they don't have the confidence and they don't think that they're good enough. So they kind of stay in the perimeter. And I didn't want to do that. I, I read through that book and I was like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just going to go for it or else I'm never going to do anything. I'm not going to be one of those people that, you know, it's like too afraid to put my stuff out there. And now that I have that story, I think I inspire people to get out there. And that's one reason that I think I still matter is still around because, um, because it is inspiring and um, art is inspiring, you know, it's now you, 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 you came up with a coloring book. Yeah. Yeah. We did a coloring book. It's called I still color and it was published. We made 500 copies. They sold out. We oh, did no. it as a fundraiser. Yeah. There oh, were 52 fun. images from international and local and it was just a great bunch of different artists. It was really cool. Okay. And so it's still, and so I still matter still around. I still see, you know, postings from it and all that sort of thing, yeah. but you're, but you're no longer really involved with it or sometimes or no um i think i do some consulting still um the director is a really good friend of mine she started volunteering and um so i still talk to her about it and but yeah i i had to remove myself from the mental health uh, arena i was okay. uh, very burnt out with all you want to you want to you want to talk about the mental health trend the the chattanooga transition yeah Sure. Okay. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. What what should I say about it? Well, okay. So you 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 moved to it, you know, to a place, and uh, you sort of moved. Um, uh, you you moved kind of close to the pandemic. You hadn't really established um, like a support group or uh, or an artist group or anything like that um, in your new place yet. And then all of a sudden everything was, you know, everything went to hell. And, um, uh, and that was not easy, I don't think. And like, how did you, like, how did you, how did you work through that? How did art help with that? You know, are, I guess the questions that I kind of have. Yeah. So apparently a pandemic is a different experience than a loss because when my father died and I used art as therapy, um, it was really helpful. When I moved here and I started using Sanotype, I was I was just obsessed with it. So when the pandemic first started, I was making art like crazy. Just every day I was doing what I could. And I'm not really sure where or when it happened. I actually got sick. Um, we moved in June and the pandemic technically here in the States, I think happened that next March. Mm -hmm. So over winter, I was making stuff like crazy. The, the most, you know, everything that I could, I did a couple markets and I felt good about everything. I was happy. 
And then in like mid January, I got sick. I got really sick. Um, it, it's possible that it was coronavirus. I was sick for three weeks. It changed everything about my life, even till today. So when that happened, being sick in a new place with no one, I didn't know anybody but my husband. He didn't have any friends to bring me soup or ask me how I was. <laughs> it was and we lived in the like, middle of nowhere. So it was really, really, really hard. Yeah. And, and my fever was almost 104. It was just really scary. So I was even, I was a vegetarian for six years. And after that, I started eating meat. Like it, my body was just like, so it was just, it's very strange. So, I mean, that is a big part of what happened, I think, with me through the pandemic, because that was the foundation of the start of 2020 for me. I kind of stopped making things. Um, I did it when I felt like it, but I didn't really have that drive anymore to do it. And I think I started feeling um, just kind of depressed and kind of anxious, really anxious. And that also comes along with ADHD. Um, lots of people with ADHD have anxiety. So that, I thought I was managing it well or okay, but sort of went downhill. I don't, I don't know. And then I started, I was in my bed, we moved. So we moved again. So moved out of state. I lived in Florida my entire life. And then we moved out of state and we were from June to, to June, we moved in here. So a year later, I moved again to a new neighborhood. And I think that just was like the cherry on top. My dog, I don't have any kids. My dogs are my kids. And my dog, who's 11, um, like had to go to a cardiologist, had this heart stuff and this cough. And that was like the cherry on top that I just realized I was up here by myself and I didn't have, you know, I, I it's kind of like when you're rooting and I'm a plant person. So when you cut off something from, from a plant, you're cutting it off from the source and you put it in water to try to root it it takes several weeks for a root to start. And I think that it's kind of how I felt, you know. I love that metaphor, by the way, because yeah, because when people move, I mean, you know, they, they, yeah. they haven't grown that, that, that support system yet. Yeah, yeah, totally just, you're just floating, you know, like I remember being sick and going outside and just looking out and they didn't have, they don't have street lights, pitch black, <laughs> like the country people that are not paying for street lights. So they have their shotguns, you know, but just going out there thinking no one knows, even knows where I'm at. Like, who cares? You know, there's just such a strange, and I still feel that kind of, if I let myself linger on it, I just can't because I feel very weird. Okay. So how did art come back in? Like you, like, it's it sort of came back in and and yeah. we'll, we'll sort of move to that part because you you've made some adjustments since then yeah it's um I think I realized you know for a while I was like what am I doing like what is the purpose of all of this stuff I you know it's a pandemic I'm not going to be selling anything you know I'm putting stuff on my website and randomly people are purchasing it but it just, I felt like I didn't have a purpose anymore because my purpose was so connected to that I still matter stuff, you know, having groups and holding groups. And I don't think we ever said what it was, but they, um, they hold groups for people living with mental health challenges, art support groups. So we got together twice a month to just encourage each other, um, you know, have community together and just that kind of thing. So what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so you came out, you, 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 how did I come out of it? Yeah. Honestly, it, it wasn't a choice. Um, well, it kind of was, I felt like I still felt the desire to want to make, but I couldn't do it. My anxiety had just taken over. Were you, and you were looking for sort of external uh, motivation uh, uh, at some points during that, looking, looking to other people to kind of give you a push in that right direction. And, you, and that was sort of lacking. So how did you, how did you overcome that? 
just realize that people suck. the only thing that you can do I realized really did realize that I had to rely on myself because no one was going to help me I mean that's really what it came down to and I woke up one morning and the first thing I thought of was focus on the cure and I never I like I never thought of that before it wasn't it didn't come from anywhere it was just like focus on the cure and I was like what okay so what is the cure so I wrote down um in different colors and made it pretty everything that was like the cure for me which was making sure I get sleep making sure I eat when I need to eat just very basic stuff that we all know that we need to do but we don't necessarily go out of our way to do it um and I wrote I took it everywhere I was in that room I would keep it there and I would just focus on it um meditation creating something every day movement you know, hiking, being outside. So all those things that I loved and I just kind of forced myself to start doing them. And this was the first piece that I made in that process. I actually found some pieces that I hung up in the window in my bedroom so I could see them come through um, with the light behind them. I use transparencies to make this. So I take a picture and then I turn it into a transparency. I, um, yeah basically. Um, so I would hang them up in the window and I just would look at it and I didn't know what was going to happen with it, but I knew I wanted to make something. And it's a self-portrait, right? Hold, hold, can you, can we look at it again? Yeah. Yeah. It, I wish I would have ironed it. I just didn't know we were going to use it. It just happened to be there. Self-portrait. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's some entanglement here and maybe a little sadness. And at the same time though, the cure is in the plant life, being outside, the ferns. Um, yeah. So looking back on this piece, it's, it's kind of amazing how it came, came to be because I mean, I would, I was afraid I wouldn't even like go outside. I wouldn't drive my car because I had a panic attack in my car. So (laughs) I realized I just needed to be still. And in that process is when I, um, again, realized I needed to just do something for myself. So I started pushing myself to make something. If it was nice outside and the sun was out, because I have to use the sun's UV light or UV rays to expose the images, Mm -hmm. then I would just force myself to go outside and make something, even though I didn't feel like it. (laughs) And and, and your stuff, you've made jewelry as well as Mm -hmm. cards and, and things like that that you sell. So clearly what you, there's a story that comes out when you're, when you're doing these things. I mean, you can see it all the way back from the, the photography with the, with the weddings there, there was a different narrative to that. There's a narrative to the, the, I still matter coloring uh, sort of thing. And, and there's a narrative, you know, here with, with, with the, um, with the Sienna type, which is that also eco dying or is eco dying different? Eco dying is different. Eco-dying would be using any natural element to make a stain or something like that. Yeah. So it's a little different. Okay. This is actually like a a chemical photography process. Okay. Eco-dying, I would maybe use, and I do use a little bit of that within some of those elements within my photography. Like I'll make a piece that here you can see has a little like orange to it. So that's Mm -hmm. paprika. So I'll add, I'll add different elements to pieces to add color, but it's, yeah, it's still, it's a little bit of both. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, so I'm, 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 oh, look at that. That's a Um, little like collection I'm making. So, I mean, the, the, the key is like, you know, every, I think everyone has stories to tell and, and they do it for a variety of different ways, like visual art, which you do music, which you could do. Cause you're, you're also an amazing singer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people dance, they write and they never really know when they, when, what they do will have an impact on, on others. So, you know, mm-hmm. what sort of impact do you feel that art in general can have on, on people and, and maybe your art in particular, if there's been, I don't know, a story that you can share about, you know, about the way it's impacted people. Hmm. That's a good question, because I think when you are authentically 
yourself, it is automatically inspiring to others. And that's how it transpires in other people's lives. I just, I constantly hear people, I mean, people message me and say, you've inspired me to try this or, you know, because I'm, I'm honest with my story and I just like, I don't only post great stuff I think is great. I just, I'll post shit and say, this didn't work and it looks like crap, but here it is. And I think people have followed me for a while. So they know a little bit of my story and they know that I was uncomfortable calling myself an artist and they know, you know, that I had to push myself to do these things. So I think when you push yourself to do things that is inspiring, whether or not I'm inspiring somebody by a, a print of a fern and they just think it's beautiful for the sake of the beauty of it, which is great in its own way. Um, I think when you're making and you're being the person you're supposed to be, doesn't matter what you're doing, it's still wonderful for everyone around you or that right. anybody that sees it, you know, it's inspiring. I have a random question that I wrote down because it's, it, and it's going to lead to maybe a couple of different things. Right. But um, what is, what is the grasslands initiative? So prairie lands, natural um, habitats of grass, grasslands are dying because people are cutting them down. And we've lost 50% of our birds, grasslands in particular lost 50%, I believe it's 50, maybe even more, um, I would have to look, but of our birds, of our native bird species are gone now over the last 50 years because people are destroying their habitat, we're destroying their food and put plant, you know, planting non-natives. And that's a really important part of what I do too is education piece because I, I don't just make, you know, prints of plants, I'll say prints of plants. But I think I'll it was a television about, show on the WB. Yes, I think so too. Um, but I'll talk about whatever it is, you know, that I made a print of. And I think that's really important too, to tell that message. So the Grasslands Initiative is something that's up in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, that I went and identified. So they would identify fields that they wanted people to go and find what plants were there, what plant species were there, because they wanted to know, you know, if you know the species that are there, you know, you can figure out how old it is. You can figure out if there's anything they need, you know, if it's important to save. So yeah, just being a part of that has been really cool. Okay. And, and uh, you want to talk about your bees? My bees, yeah. So speaking of crazy things I do, um, I am <laughs> gonna start beekeeping. This year I get my bees April 15th. I just found out today. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I've always wanted chickens or goats and I live in the city so I can't have that. But I'm like, what can I have? Oh, bees, okay, so I'm gonna try bees. And I eventually want to make stuff with the wax. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my, my ultimate goal is always like, how can I sell this? People are like, do you just make art? Like someone messaged me today and said, um, have you ever put cyanotype on rocks? And I was like, no, like, are people going to buy that? Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm just out of the. In the seventies, they would have, you know, back when, when, when people right. were buying pet rocks. Yeah. I mean, the trend of putting rocks in parks is a sweet thing. People painting them. And I get that because that, you know, art is healing. So no matter how you do it, it's, uh, it's healing for you. It's healing for the person that sees it. But I, this is my business. So I'm not really into just making things for the heck of it to give away. <laughs> to give away. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's, that's how you have I mean, to the time. Yeah. I mean, you, you spend a lot of time doing these things i mean it's not an easy process it's like i want to sell this like i want to make a living out of it i don't want to just make stuff and put them in parks but i want other people to do that <laughs> and i would <laughs> love to find a sanitype rock in a park that would be awesome now, some of your stuff is out, out in public yes yeah um since i've been in chattanooga i've really experienced some really cool supportive people 
Mm-hmm. And I've won, I won a grant from the state of Tennessee, just an artist. We're in a pandemic. You probably haven't been able to do markets grant. So that was pretty cool. Um, and out of 60 people total in the entire state got that grant. So I don't, I was filling it out. I was like, there's no way I'm getting this, but I got it. Um, and I also won a grant to put my artwork on an electrical box. It was a new initiative um, for Chattanooga just to place art, more art around the city. So that's pretty cool. And turns out it's only like a mile from our house, our new house. That's kind of that's cool. nice. I, I, I like that. I like that idea of the, the public, I don't know, the public art, the, um, yeah. you know, I've seen, I've seen a variety of different, you know, ways in which cities have done that with cows or rocking chairs. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. But to have, to have something that's there, that's always gonna be like the like the electrical boxes that are you know kind of like an eyesore, to turn those into something that might make people smile and make people feel more connected to their community. I think is is really really nice. Yeah, um, I I love that. And my friend, so we got a thousand dollars to do that project, right? And it you know it hardly cost me anything to make it. And I had a friend in Tallahassee, Florida, say they're doing that here. And I was like, what are they paying the artist? And I was like, 50 bucks. I was like, okay. I mean, it's cool, but like give people money. So what I've discovered here is that there's more an emphasis on actually paying artists. And I love that. It's just part of the Appalachian culture, the maker culture up here. People just really, um, really love artists here. And I, I think it's awesome because in Florida, I really had a hard time getting people to even notice me, you know, like, Hey, you know, you see like the same 40 people having shows and I created some of my own, um, opportunities and had some shows, but nobody was knocking at my door to find me. And here I found that to be happening. So it's really, really awesome. And no one else is really doing this. in this. Yeah. So it's kind of, that's kind of amazing. Actually. You're self-taught, like you said earlier, and so did being self-taught give you pause before thinking my work is shareable? And how did you get over that hump? Uh, if if anybody's out, you know, if anybody's listening who who's like, yeah, I do this thing, but you know, it's but I you know, I learned to do it myself, and I'm not very good at it. Like, how do you make that leap yeah. of faith? Mm-hmm. It it did give me pause. And even still, I feel like there are things like elements of this role as an artist that I don't fully understand or can't fully communicate eloquently, like maybe someone trained could. And that is something that is frustrating for me. But yeah, I, for a long time, was very intimidated by it. But I I think the thing that gave me the most confidence was doing markets. Because at markets, I would sell so much and people would engage with me and ask me, I mean, even before I did Cyanotype, but especially now that I do Cyanotype. First time, (laughs) first mark, you saw me, you saw me getting, you saw the the light light bulb go off. first market can you go back to that like like what what got you what got you to like do that okay so there was a fundraiser for i think jasmine which is a it's like a gay a supportive gay youth organization nonprofit in jacksonville so they were doing a fundraiser and they wanted artists to do live art at the riverside arts market which is a market that happens in jacksonville it's big there are probably three to 500 vendors when the market's at its biggest, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I had been to the market, but I just never thought of myself as selling anything there. And I went and like sold out. I made, I think I made over $600 in like four hours. So I was like, huh, people like what I'm doing. I'm, that's a lot of money, you know, and part of the money went to the organization. But so I think putting I mean, how scared, how scared of you of of like reject of rejection or anything like that? Oh, I mean, it's crazy, but I had a professor when I was in grad school and I had a professor say some do and some don't. And I, that just stuck with me even till now. I just think of it all the time because she's right. 
if I, I mean, I could be insecure making this beautiful stuff and maybe giving it to friends and that would be a, a wonderful thing, but why not go further? You know, a lot of people have, have pushed themselves. And the thing is, you just have to get over it. That's the only thing. And it's really easy to do once you say, F it, I'm just going to try. I, I say it's easy to do. It's not easy, but it is because you're the one holding on to that. Like, I can't do it. You can do it. You just have to go for it. And you have to like get over the insecurities of it because probably 85% of artists have to deal with that too, but they still put their work out there. And so why aren't you doing it? What's any different? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just tell myself that, you know, there are people that are doing it that hate it that are, you know, that would rather just be at home and have other people sell their work, but that's not really realistic for yeah. most of us. And I knew, and I'm an introvert. I didn't want to go talk to all those people. Like, I don't even want to talk on the phone. You know me, <laughs> like, can we just text? I don't know. It's draining. It's draining. And yeah, you go, you, you have to go through a process of this might be bad, but you know what? I, I learned something from it. I, I just feel like I learned something every time I did something I didn't like, or something was unsuccessful. And because I look at things as a challenge, you know, it, I think it's easier for me because I'm like, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try this. So I don't, I don't know if it's different for me just saying, you just got to get over it because you really do, or you just stay in the same place. And I, yeah. I just got motivated to not be in the same place. And I just said, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And I was intimidated because there are some great artists out there and I was just doing abstract. Um, at that time I was using alcohol ink. So it was just like colors. I was mixing on the page and there is a technique, but anybody can do it. So I felt sort of like anybody could do this, you know, I mean, anybody can do what I'm doing now. I think that too, like, this is just a print of a fern. Anyone can do this, but I don't know. I, you know, I put a, my own little spin on it. And I think people that love you and love your story and love who you are will love what you make too. So it's nice to be able to start with your friends <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean, there, there are people, yeah, there, you know, there are people who are going to sort of help you along the way. And then there are people who are going to sort of get in your way yeah. and, 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 you know, be that negative voice. I mean, we, you know, we have the negative voice in our heads, but there are also, there are also people, you know, who, who help with that negativity and, and bring that in, in, into our lives as well. Do you have any of that? Did, did you have anybody kind of I don't know, saying you weren't good enough or anything along those lines, anything, anything that inhibited you? That's a good question. I, I don't think so. If I did, I, I didn't, I didn't let that comment sink into my brain. I had a lot of people encouraging me and that was really powerful. So the other thing is though, you have to be honest with yourself if you are creating, you have to find out who your market is. And that's a great way, getting out in front of people and doing a market is a great way to figure that out. And I think being in person with people who, I mean, I did have people come by my booth and they were like, oh, you could do the background to my art. Like I, you know, I'm a great artist and this is just a background, you know? So I did have people make a lot of crappy comments and my husband and I would just look at each other like, what a dick, you know? <laughs> Can I say that on your podcast? Um, <laughs> what a jerk. Like, why even bother, you know? So I did have some people making comments like that. But for the most part, people were really encouraging. But I knew who my market was. And I learned that through social media, through Instagram and through Facebook. Oh, nice. So there's a lot that goes into... I think, um, gaining that confidence, but at the same time, if you put something out there, your friends are going to say, this is amazing. You're great. You know, but you just have to put it out there first. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I love being able to encourage people to do that. I mean, just last week I was talking to a photographer I've never even met in my life who I'm giving advice to. Um, and I tagged her in that market that I did. And the, I said, like, I want to encourage her to do the market. Like the market messaged me and said, she called us. And I was like, yay. So little things like that. I love, I love it when people, when I can just like push people just a little bit to say, all right, I'll try it. But you have to be smart about it too. You have to know, know your market and know that there is a market for what you're doing. There is a market. You just have to find the people, you know, there's like yeah. a market for anything. <laughs> so finding your people that support you, I think is the best thing that you can do. And Julia Cameron talks about that in the artist way. She talks about, you know, um, sharing that with people you trust. And it, it's a very vulnerable thing to um, put your creative self out there. That's and nice. I, and, I, and I hope, I hope that, you know, I, on the other, you know, side of this, you know, I hope that if anybody listens to this podcast ever, um, <laughs> that, that, that they, that they also take that point of view. And if they see another artist who is sort of at the, at that precipice, you know, do I, do I share my art or do I hide it under, you know, do I hide it, you know, for the rest of, for the rest of time kind of thing, you know, I, you know, I really hope that people will, will recognize that and push, you know, give people that little nudge over the edge to, to, to share their work a little bit. Cause I think that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. I find a lot of people have a problem with like, they have issues with social media. So they don't want to, you know, just the, just what it is, you know, I do you get any, do you get any negative feedback on social media that you have to ignore? No, I have people telling me what they would have done, but I don't care. <laughs> I didn't ask you what you would done. And I'll put, like, I'll do a story on Instagram and I'll ask people, should I make a print of this? Knowing I'm already going to do it. And like three people will say no and 23 people will say yes. And I'll be like, who the hell are these three people? Why would you even say no? Like, I'm not really <laughs> asking you. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and I had a girl tell me, I did it like a bird, but I did it in sort of like a Norwegian type way. So it was, wasn't necessarily like the greatest bird shape with a beak and everything. It was, it was cool, kind of folkish, folkarty. And um, she was telling me that it wasn't a bird and that I shouldn't, I just don't, I don't care what those people say. I think that's ad. That's good. If you can just kind of keep those voices, like turn those voices down. I mean, whether to. they're, whether they're internal or external, I mean, you've got to, you, you know, you got to be able to, to stick with the positive. That's it. I mean, pe some people are going to love what you do. I mean, people make crazy weird things and not everybody's going to like it. And I think that's another thing that I've learned from putting myself out there is not everyone's going to like it. And that's okay. Because a lot of people do. And those are the people that I focus on and listen to and yeah, I think I've just had a really great group of supportive friends that have just encouraged me to keep going. And the further I've gone, um, it's been really good. I, I'm I'm going to be featured in an international magazine that I can't tell you the name off off the top of my head, but I had her contact me through an alt process group, which um, alternative process is what I'm using. Mm -hmm. And it's called Alt Process Photography. It's on Facebook. And she saw something that I posted about these earrings and sent me a message and said, I'm, they've featured Jeff Bridges, which by the way, Jeff Bridges, the actor is a photographer. Did not know that. Did you? I did not know that. Okay. And you can Google it. He's done some amazing stuff. I didn't know that, but they featured him. He's written some books. He's like photography books. So yeah, um, I'm excited about that which I have a deadline I have to make an outline for. So we need to get started on that. But when is that going to, do you know when that comes out? She said eight weeks. Like yeah. she wants me to send her an outline because she wants me to write the majority of it. I don't mm -hmm. know that's how things work in the magazine world, but yeah. So she said in eight weeks, like a week and a half ago, it, that it, that would be the issue that I'm going in. So 
All right. Well, if you if you get the name and and, and all that, you know, we can hopefully post it in uh, in the show notes and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, along with your along with your website, uh, we'll 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 post that. But if you want to give us the the address real quick, that'd be good. Yeah. It's so it's Carmen K Art C A R M E N C A Y A R T dot com. Okay. And it's Carmen K Art everywhere to follow on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook. Well, thanks. Yeah. I think this was fun. I mean, even if the recording doesn't work for whatever reason, oh my gosh. <laughs> you'll probably kill me. But, you know, I think uh, It'll be it, was, it was fun hanging out for, for a it while. Was. It was fun. And it's nice for me to hear all this stuff again and to think about it because it's, it's important for me to keep to remember what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and, you know, find the meaning behind it. Yeah. And one of the things I, you know, what I, you know, that I want to do, you know, maybe down the line is hopefully bring in people who, um, and so you see, you may have to come back at some point, but um, uh, uh, bring people in like a guest in who is not, who's like on that precipice, who's on that edge, who's not, you know, doing the, the, the thing that maybe has an art or maybe, you know, that they do or, uh, or has an idea or something like that. And, yeah, and, and be able to kind of talk to people a lot about that, those sorts of things would be fun as well. That would be fun. I, I love that. I'm a systems person and I can see the big picture pretty easily. So if someone shares something with me, like I've already like created their business plan, like they've got a an Instagram page and a Facebook page and a website. Like we're, we're figuring it out. I've had a lot of, I've actually done some consulting work like that with some small, um, small business people. And I do have people that I mentor. So yeah, I'm actually going to do a class. I haven't decided the date yet, but um, I'm going to be doing a class on this kind of stuff. I asked on Instagram if people would take it and they said, yeah. So Oh, you mean like a, like, didn't you, didn't you do a class? Didn't you do something before? I've done a lot of classes. I've done sanitized classes. I've done soul collage classes. Soul collage. That's, that's what I was thinking yeah. of, right? That's you did, me. didn't you do that on Zoom at some point? Didn't you have, mm-hmm. okay. That's another thing I do. I'm a soul collage facilitator and I, I love that. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff in my brain. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell us about soul collage though. And then we'll, and then, and then I'll let you go. Okay, so soul collage is uh, a collage process that uses your right brain. You only use images and you create cards with it um, that kind of tell you things that maybe you intuitively, it, it just uses your internal wisdom to kind of intuitively create a card. And we usually only use two or three images on the card. Um, it's a really beautiful process. It's, you can find a little bit more about it on my website and see some cards that we make, but it was created by a a woman who was a psychologist. And when she retired, she came up with this process. So I learned how to do soul collage and I made my own cards. And then I went and got the training in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and I'm a facilitator. So it's, yeah, it's a lot to learn. I have that and I have the art and I have the house and I have the bees and (laughs) normal life stuff so you're incredibly busy I I have to like I if anything inspires me it's knowing that I'm gonna die sometime and I don't think that I think a lot of people are like what that's morbid no it's not morbid I've had a lot of loss in my life so I just tell myself you know I want to do this because who cares like I'm gonna die anyway I'm gonna you know, might as well, like I could be sick tomorrow and might as well do it today. So I, I try to fit a lot into my life, not to keep myself busy from thoughts that I don't want to think, but just to live as fully as I can. Yeah. Because you, there's a, there's a part of you, I think that, that really wants to dig into those thoughts too. You've got a, you had a project that you've been kind of toying with your, your, (laughs) your writing, your, uh, yeah. The book, right? yeah, the book I that do. you want to do I do want to write I do um, but now you're but now you'll never go anywhere ever again because now you will be you have bees I am gonna go places I and actually the- so I one of the reasons I wanted to do it is because I still don't really know many people in Chattanooga and I think 
it's a great community. The bee community is a big community and um, it's a great way to, to meet people. I've already met somebody, I've been to her house several times. She's just great. She's an artist and a beekeeper and she is a retired state park ranger. I just feel like she's like my soulmate and um, she will probably come over and take care of my bees if I need to. That's my point. Is she the one who <laughs> fixed your pants? She fixed my bee suit. <laughs> She fixed my bee suit. She gave me some honey today. She's so sweet. She's like, she's like, take a good look because this is you in 20 years to herself. She's like, this, we're like, we're the same. It's cool. But I would have loved to do, to done like, instead of going into counseling, I would have loved to do like a park ranger or something like that. But I didn't feel like I had the confidence. I also always wanted to be a biologist, but I wasn't strong in math and that was part of my ADHD brain. So counseling, I naturally am good at it, mm -hmm. but I wish I would have done something more sciencey. So I kind of think that this, you know, working with plants and learning everything about species and, and bees and all of that stuff is a more kind of like a different way of learning rather than going the scholastic way. Well, it seems it seems more it seems to kind of combine both a, a creativity and a science together yeah. and, and i mean that's and that's what you do that you like you're using these 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 chemicals that i'm assuming yeah. could could uh you know i don't know what they could do i don't know what they're probably not good to ingest yeah no, don't 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 eat no that. you're right and i i love that about it i love that it's kind of a different unique thing and i grew up my dad was a photographer he had a dark room and i didn't mention that but so i grew up you know, really interested in photography from a young age and shooting with film and learning that process. And I, I love that I can merge that process and that knowledge with my other creative self, you know, with the abstract work I want to do and not just making a print of something and leaving it, but adding things to it that is like part of my abstract work that I was doing. So yeah. anyway, I am really excited about, I'm, I'm gonna be applying for a grant um, to do an art installation here. And it's gonna be about houses, which is part of my, um, my earring launch is called Welcome Home. This like series of earrings that I made called Welcome Home. Thinking about home and what that's like and refugees specifically. So I'm gonna donate 30% of the proceeds to the, the bridge bridge refugee program here oh nice nice and i want to make a house like i'm saying it here for the first time you heard it here first folks um i know everybody's like Whoa! um but i want to make a house like build an actual house that people can walk through as part of the installation and i'm not sure yet what's what images i'm going to put on the house but i'm thinking of you know, home and elements of home that a lot of people don't think about when they are just at home <laughs> and they've lived in the same place for a long time. But the challenges that I've had moving here um, have just been things I've never experienced before because I was in, I've been in Florida my entire life. So um, moving out of state, moving into a new area. I mean, there's new foliage, like I'm in a different zone. I didn't even know that existed for plants. I like, how do I grow? Like I live in Florida. I can grow whatever I want year round, but here we have a winter and things die. So all of that stuff that we don't think of, I want people to see and imagine, you know, what is it like for refugees to come to a completely different country with different food and different people and even different plants like what is that like it just gives me chills that, to think about it actually yeah that's interesting I like that so I'm working on it I'm working on um I'm working on a, a deeper a better way of saying all of that but all right well good luck with that and uh, I mean we'll have to talk you know we should probably go but you know someday yeah. we'll you know we have to talk about how you manifest these things someday so we'll save that ADHD. Um. Okay. <laughs> yes. I love, I lo I would love to talk about that because really it's really, it's just my brain. I don't, 
<laughs> okay. All right. Well, th well, thank you. This was great. This is the first one, and uh, and and you've been amazing. And I never, I didn't even have to talk very much. You just, you just. Yeah, uh, this is worse. And I'm gonna be like laying on the couch for the next two hours and just talk for an hour. Oh no, yeah. I've used you up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I love talking to you. So it was easy. Thanks All right, good. For asking me. It was um, an honor. It was fun. It was an honor for me. And um, and you know, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. I'll call you. I'll call you. Can you talk to me? <laughs> All right. I'll see you Bye. later. Bye-bye. <laughs>